Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another weekly episode of the Money Girl Podcast. I'm Laura Adams, your host and personal finance author. My newest title, which was an Amazon number one new release, is Debt-Free Blueprint, How to Get Out of Debt and Build a Financial Life You Love. It's available as a paperback, ebook, and an audiobook wherever fine books are sold, including, of course, Amazon. I hope that you will grab a copy if you haven't already, and especially if you're interested in getting out of debt. It's a very easy-to-follow guide that will help you eliminate all kinds of debt really, really fast, probably faster than you ever thought possible, and create a financial future that you deserve. I've been producing this show since 2008, and my mission is to give you the knowledge, the resources, the motivation to manage your money the best way possible and create a richer life. I am really grateful that you've downloaded the show. It's going to be jam-packed with some great information, especially if you want to stay safe in the digital world. And who doesn't want and need that? We're going to talk about how criminals, both offline and online criminals, get your personal data in the first place what they can do with that information, and some great tips and tricks to protect your identity and your finances. You know, fortunately, I've never been the victim of identity theft, but it is something that can be devastating. Um, And you probably know that it occurs when a criminal takes your personal information. It could be your name, social security number, birth date, or even your mother's maiden name, and uses that information to commit fraud. And according to a recent report from Javelin, 14.4 million consumers were identity theft victims victims last year. Fortunately, the number of identity theft cases is actually trending down right now due to technology, such as those embedded chips that we now have in credit cards. However, the problem is that the out-of-pocket costs involved of being a fraud victim have more than doubled. From 2016 to 2018, they have doubled and are at $1.6 billion per year. So that's the number that fraud victims are actually having to pay out of their own pockets in aggregate to deal with the problem. So that's becoming more of a problem. So in other words, we're having fewer cases of theft, but each case is getting more expensive to deal with. 
And once a thief has your confidential information, they can use it in some pretty surprising ways. They can file false tax returns in your name, and and the goal there is to try to get your tax refund if you've got any money due. They can submit bogus health insurance claims if they get your medical insurance information. They can even get fake driver's licenses in your name. I mean, it's crazy. But it's more common for a thief to use your information to do something like emptying your bank accounts, uh, making charges on your credit cards, or even opening new credit accounts in your name. And of course, they never pay those accounts. So what ends up happening is that you end up with a, a massive debt in your name, and that could leave you with a huge financial loss and, of course, a severely botched credit report. So we're going to talk about all of these things in this show and what you can do to really keep yourself safe. You'll find the notes for this and every show with links to any resources that I mention, plus the full archive of podcasts. They're over in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. This is episode number 613 called 10 Best Identity Theft Protection Tips. All right, let's get into the tips that will help you make sure that you never become an identity theft victim. Tip number one is understand how criminals get your data. So I think the best way to limit your chances of becoming an identity theft victim in the first place is to understand how criminals are getting personal information. So let's go through a few of them. Stealing. So a thief can literally take your wallet, your purse, your credit card, you know, something physical or any personal documents the old-fashioned way by snatching them when you're not looking or maybe you lose your purse or, or leave, you know, let's say your computer and that is actually stolen and then the sensitive information gets taken out of that purse or off of that laptop. Another way they're getting it is called dumpster diving. This is kind of gross, but this is a a very dirty pastime where thieves actually rummage through trash bins and they're looking for bills, statements, any type of document that's got confidential information that they can use to their advantage. Another way is called skimming. A skimmer is an electronic storage device that can be used or even installed on top of a card payment slot to steal your debit or your credit card number. So this is something that could happen, let's say, at gas stations or even at ATM machines that you need to watch out for. Database access is another way they're getting information, and this is sometimes used by corrupt employees who might steal personal information from their company database and then sell it to other thieves. Phishing, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. This is an email scam where a crook pretends to be a financial institution, a government agency, or maybe just a well-known company to try to get you to give up your personal information. And lastly, a thief could literally change your mailing address. So a thief could do that in order to divert your snail mail so that it goes to another location where then they have access to your confidential information. So understanding all of these access points will help you stay safe. These are certainly not the only ways that thieves can get your information, but they are the most common when it comes to identity theft. All right, our second tip is really, really important. This one is carry less personal information. If you don't carry personal data in your wallet or your purse, 
it's a whole lot less likely to be lost or stolen from you. So reduce what you carry down to the bare essentials. For instance, you should never carry your social security card or even a copy of it because that number is the gateway to your identity. Besides, you only need the card in very limited situations, such as if you're completing paperwork for a new job. Instead, you just need to memorize your social security number and then keep the original card in a locked, fireproof filing cabinet or even a bank safe deposit box so it can never fall into the wrong hands. Another item to make sure that you purge from your wallet is paper checks. These are so bad because they reveal your bank account number, and they're really easy to counterfeit. Even just one stolen check could be copied many times and used to deplete your account pretty quickly. So consider using a debit card or a credit card instead. And if you do carry a debit card, make sure never to write your pin on the card. You know, I know I know a lot of people that put a magic marker uh, pin number on the back of their debit card because they can't remember it. Well, if it's there for you, it's also there for anybody who might steal that card. So Just don't carry your PIN number with you or with the card. If a thief gets that card and the access code or your PIN, they could literally drain your bank account in seconds. So your PIN is just another number that you're going to need to memorize in order to stay safe. Being smart about what's in your wallet will definitely go a long way toward making you less likely to become a victim of identity theft. The bottom line here is that you should only carry what you absolutely need to carry and leave everything else in a very safe place. All right, the third tip is limit your debit card use. So as I mentioned, using a debit card is safer than paper checks when it comes to protecting yourself from identity theft. However, debit cards are not as secure as credit cards. So let me explain what I mean. With a debit card, your liability, if it is stolen, depends on when you report that card being lost or stolen. If you notify your bank before any fraud occurs, you're in the clear. You won't have any financial responsibility. However, let's say that your card is stolen, but you don't catch it. You don't even realize it for some time. In that case, you could be on the hook for some stolen money. So here's what happens. If you notify your bank within two business days that your debit card is lost or stolen, that gives you a pretty good amount of protection. You only will have a $50 maximum liability. So again, if you notify the bank within two days, you can only be liable for $50. Now, if you wait and you don't see it within 60 days after receiving an account statement, that gives you a $500 maximum liability. And if you go beyond 60 days, so if you just, you know, you don't catch it, you don't even know that your card has been stolen after 60 days, you have unlimited liability. So in other words, if it takes you more than two months to notice any unauthorized debit card charges, you could lose every penny in your bank account that's linked to that card. Plus, you might have overdraft fees. Now, let me talk about a credit card. This is really different. With a credit card, if you report it lost or stolen before any fraud occurs, your liability is zero, just like with a debit card. But the big difference is that if you report a credit card loss or theft After a thief makes charges, your maximum liability is just 
$50 whenever you report it. So I want you to remember that using a debit card is riskier than a credit card when it comes to your financial responsibility for fraud. All right, tip number four, destroy documents with any personal information. So you've probably heard that you should shred every piece of paper that contains personal information before throwing it away, especially pre-approved credit card offers. They kind of have everything sort of filled in and ready to go. If a thief gets their hands on that, they would you know, pretty much have everything they need to just open a credit card in your name. So documents with your name, your address, social security number, or any financial account information, those give criminals little bits of information that they can kind of put together as pieces of the puzzle to be used against you. The solution is to use a cross-cut shredder that makes confetti out of your documents That will make sure that a dumpster diver could never figure out your confidential information. All right, tip number five, make your finances paperless. So, you know, after speaking about paper, it really is much safer to go paperless and keep as much of your mail and your financial activity online instead of via paper. Now, while that may seem counterintuitive when it comes to preventing identity theft, snail mail is a common way that thieves can get your sensitive information. Even if you have a mailbox that locks, an identity thief can forward your mail to their address without you knowing it. So this is, you know, this forwarding can happen and you don't even realize that your mail has been hijacked. So receiving financial documents and paying your bills online is a lot safer because it's much harder to hijack that information. As long as you're logging into your financial accounts from a secure internet connection, you're going to be in good shape. You never want to pull up anything personal when you're on a public computer or a public internet connection. And financial documents that you receive in a digital format, you know, they're always in your control. You can save them to your computer, to an external hard drive, a remote storage service, or print them out if, you know, it's absolutely necessary. I prefer you to get in the habit of not printing them out and and not having as much paper because, as I mentioned, you know, it can be stolen. It can fall into the wrong hands. Online banking also allows you to see your transactions as often as you like and also to set up account alerts so that way you know if someone tries to steal from you. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, 
and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. All right, we're on tip number six, which is protect your devices. Just like with your physical wallet, eliminate as much private data from your computer and your mobile devices that, you know, you don't truly need. And be sure to password protect your devices so a thief could not get in them to get your information. Always use strong passwords that have more than eight characters and use a combination of numbers, letters, and symbols. Most websites are kind of requiring that complexity in passwords these days, and that's for your safety. Download security software for your computer and set it to automatically update. And also update your operating system and your apps whenever those updates are available because they may include security improvements that are actually keeping you safer. Tip number seven, notice the warning signs of identity theft. I want to tell you that it's actually impossible to completely prevent identity theft. However, If you catch warning signs early enough, you can minimize the damage. So watch out for the following red flags that someone is fraudulently using your personal information. Look for credit card charges that you didn't make. That one's pretty obvious. Charges or withdrawals from a financial account that you didn't make. Calls from collectors about debt that isn't yours. You might think that somebody just called the wrong number or has you confused. But if you are getting calls from collectors about debt that isn't yours, that is a major warning sign that you have become the victim of identity theft. Look for bills or financial statements that are missing from snail mail. And, you know, of course, go paperless as I I recommended. And a tax refund that never arrives. As I mentioned, tax fraud is something that's on the rise. All right, tip number eight. Keep an eye on your free credit reports. Regularly reviewing your credit reports is definitely one of the best ways to nip fraud in the bud. But even that is not foolproof because there are types of identity theft that don't involve your credit, such as tax fraud. The official free website where you can review your reports from each of the nationwide credit bureaus, and those are Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, you can do that every 12 months for free at annualcreditreport.com. And of course, if you see any incorrect information on your credit reports, such as the wrong address, 
accounts you didn't open, inquiries from companies you don't recognize, or inaccurate account balances, that may indicate that you've become the victim of identity theft. So quickly dispute any report errors with each of the credit bureaus. And if you're certain that fraud has occurred, you definitely want to report that to the Federal Trade Commission. And also contact the creditors that reported that incorrect information about you and dispute it with them right away. Tip number nine, freeze your credit. So a credit freeze is a feature that you can request from the credit bureaus that prevents anyone from opening a new account in your name. And as of 2018, there is a new federal law that requires all three of the credit bureaus that I mentioned to offer these freezes for free. And a credit freeze doesn't protect you against everything. You know, it doesn't protect you against fraudulent use if you have an existing credit account, such as a credit card that you already have. You know, a thief could steal that number and and use it. But it is a proactive measure that gives you control over who can access your credit file to make sure a thief could not open a new credit account in your name. And our last tip, number 10, remember that kids can be identity theft victims. Did you know that children are over 50 times more likely to become victims of identity theft than adults? Unfortunately, it can be easy for a dishonest family member or friend with access to a kid's personal information to steal their records, to steal their data. Most parents are clueless that their child is a victim until later on, maybe the child tries to get a driver's license or they get turned down for a job or a student loan. I mean, this could have been going on for over a decade. And by then, it can be really challenging to clear up any problems, such as a botched credit report that's in your child's name or even a criminal record that has existed for many years in your child's name. So in addition to checking your own credit, if you've got kids, it's a good idea to get in the habit of checking their credit as well. The credit bureaus do require some verification. You do have to prove that you are a child's parent or legal guardian by providing proof of your address and copies of your identification. Uh, I think you also have to provide your child's birth certificate, your child's social security card. There's you know a pretty good layer of security there, but it can be worth it to make sure that you can check up on what's going on. Now, if you've got an older child, let's say, who's been set up as an authorized user on a credit card, or maybe they have their own credit card or their own student loan, they will have a credit file. They will have accounts in their name. But if you have a young child who doesn't have any of that, of course, but they've got a credit report in their name, that's a very, very bad sign that your child has become an identity theft victim. Young kids should not have credit reports. So having a credit file means that someone has used their information to open one or more credit accounts. If you ever do find that your child is an identity theft victim, place a fraud alert or a security freeze on his or her file right away. Then notify the police and also file a report with the Federal Trade Commission. Just like you can't protect yourself from every type of potential identity theft, you can't completely protect your kids either. So the best ways to keep yourself and your family safe are really to guard your privacy really tightly and stay vigilant for any warning signs that you've been victimized. 
If you enjoyed this topic, I hope you'll check out the Save Space podcast. I've been a guest throughout the season there. And in episode number four, I talk about safe money tips with co-host Kelly Sutton. If you've got a money question or an idea for a future show topic, I would love to hear it. We have a voicemail line that's just for your incoming feedback and questions. It's 302-364-0308. Call it anytime. Leave your question or your comment. Or if you want to send me an email, you can visit my contact page at lauradadams.com. And a quick favor before we go, please subscribe to the Money Girl podcast if you haven't already. That's the only way you'll be notified when each new episode is available. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard, Steve Rickyberg, with editorial support from Karen Hertzberg. If you've been enjoying the show, please give us your rating and your review on Apple Podcasts. That is a terrific way to show us your support and also help new listeners find the show and get the financial help they need. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes that are always available at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com.